So, things that make you go, hmm, hmm. Yesterday, Apple said starting January 1, it will lower the bite it takes out of the App Store's sales from 30% to 15%, but only for small developers. The small developers are those that generate a million dollars or less in annual revenue after Apple takes its 15%. Small is not a good way to describe the difference the move will make in Apple's ongoing battle with software companies, though, such as Epic Games, Spotify, and Tinder, uh, none of which fit into the small category. Uh, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney dismissed the announcement. Whatever. I mean, those are the ones that drive the the revenue for the Apple App Store, right? I mean, that's where they're making their money. And remember, uh, Tim Cook tried to dance around that when he was at uh, being questioned by the uh, Senate committee. Now, um, they make a lot of money from that App Store, no question. But part of the story also mentions that you know, Apple did agree to pay $113 million to settle an investigation into its past practice of slowing down old iPhones to shore, shore up their batteries. Huh. Hmm. It does make you just go, hmm. And I think that uh, 15% for the smaller apps is just the beginning of Apple starting to go well, maybe we need to make some changes and we're making a lot of money off of these people and they're starting to get mad at us. Yeah. <laughs> you think? Hmm. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. This may be a shocking announcement for you, but British model Lottie Moss sister, younger sister, to uh, the supermodel Kate Moss, uh, responded to a follower asking her a question on Instagram that she was doing a QA. and a uh, The question was, uh, would you prefer to date a woman? I'm pansexual, so I didn't really mind any gender. Wait, 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 what? Is that a surprise? You know, it kind of changes every day. It depends on who I meet. (laughs) Yeah, you can't decide. You just can't. One day, it's a girl. The next day, it's a guy. The next day might be a dog. You just don't know. <laughs> she also, uh, if you know anything about uh, the uh, model Lottie Moss, uh, she has a tattoo on her butt that says "Not Yours." Uh, she revealed the reason she has that is because she was dating a guy. I guess she, you know, felt like a guy at the time, and he uh, really made her mad. She said he really pissed me off, and I went and got a "Not Yours" tattoo just to say "F you." Now here's a surprise. They're now they're not together anymore. I know. I know. So two big surprises in that story. One, she revealed she's a pansexual. Duh. 
and the not yours was just meant for that one guy not the new girl boy dog friend that's happening right now (laughs) wow are you dumb (laughs) good job lottie good job did you know that our brains are not designed to remember pain accurately it's true It's kind of a biological defense mechanism that allows us to, I don't know, live better. Uh, It helps mothers be willing to undergo childbirth more than once. Uh, It's what keeps you remembering with uh, clarity that time you fell out of the tree and, you know, gave yourself a concussion and knocked yourself out. You know, that, that pain. So the best thing about pain aside from, you know, learning from it, is when it goes away. But it doesn't go away for some of us. Some of us, the pain is a daily thing and a constant reminder that life can be really hard. Over 50 million people in America are going to miss work due to pain. 66% expect to live the rest of their life with some pain. I mean, I'm, I'm in both of those categories, although I haven't missed work. I, you know, not really. I missed work due to surgeries, but I haven't said I feel so bad today. I'm in so much pain. I'm not going to work. But I do this for a living, and, you know, I can make myself work through it. As long as I have a relief factor. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you're suffering from chronic pain, How much are you going to pay to make that pain go away? What price? Well, how about $19.95 for a three-week quick start program? How's that sound? I know. $19.95 for a three-week quick start program. Let's get your life back. Let's lose some of that pain. 70% of the people who order Relief Factor are going to order it again. I'm pretty sure you're going to be in that group of people. So go to relieffactor.com right now, relieffactor.com and get started getting your life back and feeling better. Relieffactor.com. You can call to 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384 or go to relieffactor.com. Okay. So according to Don Sweeney from the Miami Herald, uh, the virus is winning because coronavirus deaths have topped 250,000 in the U.S. And my first response to that was, no, that means we're we're winning, not the virus. And then I was happy to read that Governor Abbott from the great state of Texas said we're not going to have any more lockdowns in the state of Texas. But it was couched with... Make no mistake, this decision will kill people. And that's that's where we're at. Yes, I know the numbers are going up. And no, I didn't want 250,000 plus Americans to die. Or the 1,360,000 plus humans to die around the world. No, I didn't want that. But... I feel like we're winning. We were told that this virus was going to kill a lot more people than it has. 
And I'm glad to see that some people are saying we can't lock down the country anymore. People need to work. People need to go about their lives. Yes, they need to do it safely. Can't we make that case? No, we cannot. New York City, home to the country's largest public school district, ordered schools to close for in-person learning as of this morning. If you're listening live on the 19th of November, 2020, Ohio announces a three-week curfew from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. I mean, are they just if you're out after 10 p.m., dead. Shoot, we'll shoot you dead. Do those numbers get added on to the coronavirus numbers, or is that another number? Uh, you know, the curfew-breaking number. New Mexicans, not the ones that are sneaking into the country, but people from New Mexico, have been told to shelter in place for two weeks because of a life or death situation. California reimposed tighter restrictions on 94% of its population. I guess the other 6% are just the leaders. Washington and Michigan, uh, along with the other states, have halted indoor dining altogether. So have cities like Philadelphia. Philadelphia just spent all that money on helping restaurants build their little tent cities outside of their their front doors for the winter. And now they're just saying, nope, you can't eat there. No, No more. New Orleans said it wouldn't host parades next Mardi Gras season. First time in 42 years. But we're winning, but it sure doesn't feel like it. We're winning, but it sure doesn't feel like it. So my son, my oldest son, was just in Missouri a few weeks ago. And he claimed that uh, they, where he was at, People were saying uh, F you to the mandates. And some people were wearing masks, very few. And it was a small town and they were like, we're not, uh, we'll do what we want. We're Americans. We'll make the choice. We don't care what you say. You go ahead and say it. But uh, we're doing what we want to do. That is America. Well, now I read a story from Missouri. Arola, Missouri, which is southwest of St. Louis, south of Columbia, home of Mizzou, uh, Missouri, that uh, people were throwing a what's being called as, as a massive party, and it is deemed a super spreader. Huh. Parents tried to deceive the law. And wrote cryptic Facebook posts. And to have people show up at this high school party. All right. It was a homecoming party at a steakhouse. (laughs) And it was just an unsanctioned homecoming dance at a local steakhouse. Now that could affect the community forcing the health department to devote all its resources to one fiasco and nudging the high school back to full-on virtual learning. And we cannot have that. We, you need to follow those mandates and follow those rules. Got it? The individuals that we've been in contact with all report no masks were, were worn. Ha! <laughs> Oh my gosh, we should um, 
we should, these people should be shot on site right now. <laughs> the health department said this wasn't an accident. And by the community members in attendance, this was intentional to hide the number and identity of those in attendance to avoid contact tracing in the event of an outbreak. No, what it was was people wanting to get together to celebrate and not have to try to justify it and be told no and be run off and be treated like they were super spreaders instead of just an American, I don't know, gathering. This is agonizing. Uh, this ticks me off. I mean, look, we're busting people in New York. We're busting people now in Missouri. We're telling people they can't gather. They're telling the CDC just told us what's the latest headline from the CDC. Let's see. I wonder what it could be. Oh my gosh. Um, it, they want to tell us that, um, guess what? Don't travel for Thanksgiving. Really? That's a surprise. Yeah, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention on Thursday officially recommended against traveling for Thanksgiving as the coronavirus surges. So, I guess the virus is winning. At least the people who want to, you know, lock down America again, they're making the virus win. We've got a, a vaccine and vaccines plural, ready to hit the market. We've got people who are, who know now overall to, you know, social distance and enough with the handshaking and the hugging. And if you want to wear a mask, great. And if you don't, okay, but we're already social distancing. We're already taking into account that we shouldn't be that. And if all these people know each other and they've been together in the past, what they want to come together and have a little gathering so what so what but that's not the case that's not the case anymore and it needs to be it needs to be and thankfully there's a few places left in america that is still america but it's a dying dying breed and we need to you talk about something that is on the <laughs> on the endangered species list. And that is the American dream. Ah, I can't even talk about it anymore. It's going to, it's going to make me too angry. <laughs> All right. So let me, let me, let's do this. I talked to you about, uh, uh, I get, uh, these emails from, you know, news headline emails, updates from different companies. One of them is called The Morning Brew. And, you know, it just comes to your inbox every day. And it has stories in it and what's going on around the world and, the, you know, stuff like that. And some of it is interesting. Some of it isn't. And they, you know, they some of them they throw in their trivia and whatever. And this, that's just one of them that I get. And I like, you know, I, I get it enough that I read it. I get it enough that I read it. That's right. It's finally, it keeps coming and coming and coming. If I, okay, I'll read it. So one of the things that they did today was uh, how good are you at separating fact from fiction? And they gave uh, four headlines and the title was three headlines and a lie. And could you make out which one was the lie? So here you go. I'll ask you the four questions. You, you tell me, those of you listening live, uh, you know, even if you're not listening live, you go ahead and tell me. 
Just say it out loud. Which one is the lie? Ready? French radio accidentally announces death of 100 of the world's most famous people. Number two. Man tries to sue Peloton for failing to disclose that its exercise bikes are not roadworthy. Number three. Dolly Parton partly funded Moderna's COVID vaccine research. Number four. Turkmenistan's authoritarian leader unveils huge golden dog statue in the capital. All right, so there's four headlines. Which one is the lie? I know. I know. It was hard for me too looking at it because I, I all of them are definitely, they sound absolutely could be a, a today headline. No question. So did you figure it out? All right, so we know that French radio accidentally announced the death of 100 of the world's most famous people, right? We know that uh, the the excuse was that uh, the New York Times was changing uh, internet companies and they released their uh, death list that was there just waiting for the people, you know, someone, people that are close that could possibly die, uh, you know, that are, you know, famous and you want to be ready, right? If something bad happens, you want to have the story of their life and what goes on ready. And it, you know, it makes sense. And, but, and TV stations do it all the time. You know, they run the scroll underneath it. Oh, no, that was, that's the wrong file, wrong file. So uh, New York Times released it. And, of course, as soon as New York Times released it, then Google and some of the other news internet sites picked up on it. And, you know, French radio tweets it out. I was announcing all those people died. And, you know, it was all wrong. Uh, Dolly Parton partly funded Moderna COVID vaccine research. Yep, she gave a million. Very cool. Uh, And she is a great philanthropist. She does a lot of things. One of her, one of the things that I really like is the Imagination Library. Gifts, free books to children from birth until starting school and participating areas. She told Oprah Winfrey, uh, not long ago, she did that interview with Oprah. She said that uh, she believes that God didn't mean for her to have kids so everybody's kids could be mine. So I could do things like the Imagination Library. And that is so incredibly nice, sweet, Christian, just wonderful. Next headline is Turkmenistan's authoritarian leader unveils huge golden dog statue in the capital. Yes, that happened. (laughs) Duh. You saw, I mean, it's this giant gold dog statue in Turkmenistan. And at the base of it, it has video of that particular dog, the Turkmen shepherd dog known as the Alabaya in Ashgabat, uh, Turkmenistan. This year, just a couple of weeks ago, it has video of that particular dog. It's a video screen wrapped around the statue. It continuously plays footage of the local breed of dogs running through the grass or the desert and playing with children. <laughs> so i mean that's what that's what an authoritarian leader can do for you 
let's just get this golden statue built and put up let's do it sure they're tearing down statues around the world so so now president gurbanguly burmukhamdov g-u-r-b-a-n-g-u-l-y B-E-R-D-Y-M-U-K-H-A-M-E-D-O-V. All right, let's, we've got to be able to pronounce that, right? Gurbanguly Berdi Muhammadal. Duh. Gurbanguly Berdi Muhammadal. Duh. Okay, he is the ruler, all-seeing, all-knowing Turkmenistan president with the population of about 6 million people. Now, he wrote a book and a poem about the dog a couple of years ago, and he now wants to have his statue and of the dog there. And it, there it is. Oh, my gosh. Just like an authoritarian would do, he built his statue. And he unveiled it in a ceremony with traditional dancers and he had his own little puppy there and balloon releases. He's got the video wraparound continually playing underneath the golden statue. I love dictators. I mean, rulers, presidents of countries, you know, the ones that can have the golden dog statue. And then a couple of years ago, my man, built himself a gold-coated statue of himself seated on a horse mounted on a white marble cliff. I mean, that's great. Now, he is proving that he's the man, not because his name is... Garbanguli Berdi Muhammadal. Not because of that, but because his predecessor, who died in 2006... Saparmurat Niyazov. Saparmurat Niyazov. Yeah, like I said, set the groundwork. So it makes you want to move to Turkmenistan, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Me too. Me too. Let's go to the break room. I need to get something cold to drink as it is anyway. <sighs> something cold and refreshing. <sighs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. This would be the new commercial for them, actually. <laughs> hey, have you heard of Yubo? Y-U-B-O? So it has raised another $47.5 million to fuel its reimagined social media bid. So it's kind of cool. It's, uh, it's interesting that what it is, okay? It's ad-free. It relies on a freemium model that encourages users to buy premium features, like boosting your profile on the swipe up page. Okay. Uh, he claims that if you focus on ads, the CEO of the company, you're competing with Facebook, TikTok, and Snap. Yeah, no kidding. 
So what it is, it consists of a variety of rooms users can enter into video chat with friends or strangers. Rooms are filtered by location or topic of conversation and are meant to facilitate the type of spontaneous interactions that bubble up at, uh, you know, in, at a party. So in between chats, users can swipe left or right to add friends, similar to Tinder. He claims it's working. He said hours spent in the live rooms are up 400%. And the total users have recently topped 40 million. So be ready to hear a little bit more about Yubo. Y-U-B-O. Okay. And while you're listening, uh, and when you say to yourself, man, I heard that on Chewing the Fat. Right, you did. But if you heard it on Chewing the Fat and you are not a subscriber to the podcast, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher... You're just, you're cheating yourself. You're cheating your neighbors. You're cheating your friends. Really, I started off with cheating yourself. You shouldn't cheat yourself. If you're going to, don't, don't lie. You, you can lie to other people. Don't lie to yourself. All right. Don't cheat yourself. Subscribe to the podcast. And there's a plethora of platforms you can use. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, many, many others. Like I said, a plethora of others but most importantly subscribe to the podcast it's free but you don't feel like a freeloader if you're listening now and you're not a subscriber you're a freeloader i know if you're a subscriber you're not a freeloader that's the way it works it's just that's just I, you know those are the rules you gotta abide by the rules right Right. So we're in the break room and looking at the proverbial magazine rack and two stories caught my eye. Uh, The Metro North conductor, Michael Shaw, who is retired now, claims to have witnessed blood, puke, brazen sex, fisticuffs (laughs) in his 36 years as a conductor on the Metro North line, which is a a train line that goes from a new Haven into grand central terminal. Now he, you know, you better become a special bond among commuters and conductors. And he's kind of, he's kind of right. I mean, it's a bigger line. The line that I used to ride every day from, uh, Trenton to Grand Central. So there were more people, but he's right in. You sit next to the same people a lot of times. You see the same conductors and you get to know them. You know, you're not, he called them friends. You're not friends. You're, you know, acquaintances on the train every day. You talk on the, on the platform. You, maybe you talk until you sit down on the train and then, you know, you put your headphones on and get to work. Right. So, you don't really, it's not, it's a different, it's a different type of friendship, the commuter friendship, but he's got a new book that I've, I actually, I might, I may actually try to talk to him and see if it's any good, try to get a copy of the book and see if it's any good because I'm a fan of the trains and the riders and he's got his new book called 
my rail life stories of a railroad conductor i'm gonna talk to michael i mean my obviously train book would be called life in the train age duh he talked about a couple times he got in trouble too here it'd be fun to talk to him about on a freezing friday afternoon he and it says here mistakenly told folks and he didn't mistake them at all they were waiting on the packed platforms and not to worry there's another train right behind <laughs> uh no mine was the last one so apparently then on monday he placed 500 apology letters on the passenger seats telling them it was just a joke i was just joking around well uh they were it was an unauthorized apology so the bosses were not happy wow he got in trouble for that that's incredible wow and apparently he said he it was called an off-color text to a trainer they were administering a test for prospective conductors and he asked for questions that was a huge mistake i was very embarrassed by that oh okay uh no problem but we're gonna suspend you for 60 days for that wow that's uh that's uh, that's not good so anyway it'd be fun to talk to talk to him about that in his uh in his latest book my rail life stories of a conductor mine would be life in the train age stories of a rider oh i like that write that down another story on the rack that caught my attention was a florida couple arrested for having sex inside car on busy road (laughs) i'm looking at that story okay so apparently one driver witnessed the man on top of the female performing what men on top of females do sometimes so apparently and i, I and of course i want to know where in florida this took place whitney road and us 19 north in largo i mean that's my old stomping grounds i've been there you know a thousand times so this uh, 39 year old and this 30 year old male uh, decided to take care of a little business uh, pulled off the side of the road couldn't help themselves I mean, we didn't have time to pull into a parking lot or anything. We're just pulling off to the side of the road. Don't worry about it. So they've both been charged with lewd and lascivious exhibition, which is a felony. Wow. And also, uh, they found uh, they found a synthetic cannabinoid. All right, pot's damn near legal in across around the world, but this was synthetic. This wasn't grown from the earth. So, just say it. Sex in a car in Florida. That's, uh, that could be my new book, too. <laughs> Let's see. I've got two books and, and a movie today. Uh, actually, two movies, right? Life in the Train Age. My Life as a Rider. I, oh, I could come up with a with a movie. That's actually not a bad idea for a, for a series. Write that down. And this one would be uh, Sex in a Car in Florida. Could be a book. Could be a movie. Could be a series. Oh my gosh, I'm giving you so many ideas today. This is, uh, these last two stories are examples of uh, success stories in books and series, whether it's a film or a series. I, I like the idea of a series, though, because you know it's more episodes, but 
you know, if you want to make the film, go ahead. Not going to stop you. In food news, I see where Cheetos is releasing its first cookbook. That they're launching it as a holiday cookbook. Oof, I don't know. Tamales and mashed potatoes. Flaming hot tamales, mashed potatoes. I, you know, I don't know. It's they're they're using uh, chefs, celebrity chefs, Anne Burrell, Richard Blaze, Ronnie Wu, Casey Webb. They each contributed to the twenty-two elevated Cheetos-based recipes, appetizers, entrees, side dishes, desserts, and cocktails for the adult Cheetos fan. So it's only $35. If you donate a minimum of $35, which is going to go to the World Central Kitchen for Chefs of America COVID-19 Food Relief Program, you will get a copy, a secure copy. That's good that it's going to charity. That's a good thing. Right? Yes, it's nice. 35 bucks, though. For a Cheetos cookbook? Just give me some Cheetos and I'm good. Right? Right. And this kind of in the food category. Waffle House is teaming up with Georgia's, a Georgia brewing company to produce bacon-flavored beer. Okay. The brewery, Akane Brewing... O-C-O-N-E-E Brewing. I'm going to offer the beer... <laughs> Bacon and kegs. <laughs> That's funny. I'm kind of curious. That's kind of funny. Uh, get yourself some bacon and kegs. Okay. You know, I, I'm not, I love bacon. Used to be a huge fan of beer. I still could turn myself into a huge fan of beer. So, you know, do I care that there's bacon and beer together from Waffle House? Not really. Would I drink it? I don't think so. I mean, I would try it. Of course. I mean, you're going to try it. After that, though, have a nice day. quick sports story just don't it's about the referees for the nfl games so they're making a big deal about this weekend and monday night game so it's because it's not this weekend but it's part of the nfl weekend presentation they're making a big deal out of the nfl using an all black officiating crew for the first time ever on this Monday night game. Again, the Rams are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. So, A, should be a good game. You know, Tampa's back on the map a little bit. Tom Brady's got him back on the map. And uh, the, the Rams are, uh, you know, having a okay year. Not bad. Still doing good. Uh, what the heck is the Rams schedule anyway? Or not schedule, but record. There's six and three. No, there's second place in the NFC West. 
Wow. The Buccaneers are in second place in the South, NFC South, at 7-3. and three. So a little bit better record, but they got their butt kicked by the Saints who are in first place. Anyway, we don't, I do need to break down schedules and remaining games. But the point was is that they're making this big deal about this all-black officiating crew. Now, I, A, I was surprised that it was the first time ever in the NFL that uh, an all-black uh, officiating crew did a game. B... Does it make me a bad person that I don't care? I mean, that's great, and it's a it's an accomplishment. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. They give the names of the referees. I mean, they're all I guess great referees with a great you know career as referees. I don't care. I if you make a bad call, I'm going to be mad at you anyway. I don't care what color you are. If they make a bad call this game, does that mean we can't be mad at them? I don't know. Uh, if I get mad at them, that makes me a racist, I guess. Right? I mean, okay. Uh, if you say so, I really don't care. I, I mean, I'm glad that it's happening because it hasn't happened before. I would have been hard-pressed if you'd asked me yesterday. Hey, has the NFL had an officiating crew all black ever in one game? Now, asking me that question would have made me think, well, since you're asking it to me, that means no. But maybe that's what you want me to think, so yes. But it doesn't, I, okay, great. Okay, great. If, if you're an official, I hope that we're, you know, they obviously picked this crew out on purpose. They talk about picking them out on purpose because it's a, uh, they're making it into a testament to the countless and immeasurable contributions of black officials to the game, their exemplary performance, the power of inclusion the, is the hallmark of this great game. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Thanks, Executive Vice President of Football Operations, Troy Vincent. We appreciate it. And I know you assembled this crew for this week to mark, you know, the anniversary of the hundredth year of the NFL, right? I think that's what the anniversary is, right? Isn't this the hundredth year anniversary? Yeah. So, you know, good. Make it, make it a big deal. Then you want to make it a big deal, make it a big deal. I really, I think, you know, finally good. It should have happened before. Absolutely. Do I really care? No, just do a good job. It's all we care about. Just don't make me angry at a call. They made a big deal about uh, Tampa Bay being the first team in the league history to have three black coordinators. That's true. I mean, that's just amazing. And if that, look, if they deserve the job, they deserve the job. But I hope we're not just giving it to them for their race. They're black, so we're going to give it to them. I mean, I know they're trying to make it... Uh, easier or more uh, beneficial for teams to have black coaches, right? You get an extra draft pick or they take it away. I'm not sure how they're working it, uh, but they're trying to make it beneficial to teams to have black coaches. It's 2020. The best man or woman for the job. They just hired the female head of operations in Miami for baseball. Good. They're the, they're the best person for the job. I can't, I can't believe that we're having this argument. 
and we were pretty close to not having this argument. I would say about 12 years ago. And then it went away. Now, I don't know what happened 12 years ago. What happened 12 years ago that made us just consider race as the number one cause of every problem in America and the world? What happened 12 years ago? What happened? What happened? Anyway, I'll, I'll remember. Uh, maybe, maybe you'll remember too. Um, but good for the NFL. Congratulations. Congratulations to these referees. It's a wonderful thing. But my gosh, don't, just don't make me mad at you for a bad call. That's all I care about. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. All right, a couple things before we get out of here today. One is that uh, I saw where Rasmussen uh, did a poll and the question was, when it comes to dealing with the pandemic, should the president and federal government establish rules and mandates for the nation to follow? Or should state and local officials make decisions based upon conditions in their area? Well, 12% of the people were, I'm not sure. I don't know. 40% want national rules and mandates. 40% of the people answering this question want national rules and mandates wow we are in deep doo-doo my friends deep doo-doo at least we have 47 percent want decisions made upon local conditions you know i don't know trump got in all kinds of trouble for doing that for allowing that to happen but that's the way it should be duh but it's incredible to me that 40% of the people, so this survey was made up of 1,200 registered voters. They were asked this between November 5th and November 7th. Wow. National rules and mandates. My friends, my friends, my friends, my friends. It may explain... The election week, top searches for Pornhub. That may explain it. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know that I actually believe it. So Pornhub released their (laughs) terms searched more often in each state when compared to all others during the week of the election. (laughs) Now, when you go to Pornhub, Do you search for pumpkin? No. I mean, I don't. I I guess apparently they do in North Dakota. In South Dakota, it's wrestling. (laughs) On Pornhub? You're going to Pornhub and you're searching for that? Okay. Stop. Stop. I mean, I I get New York. Foot job. I get that. All right. Vermont threesome okay all right uh new hampshire tinder okay there's got to be i haven't you know it's got to be something that uh comes up ohio cougar maybe maybe but you're on Pornhub, right florida says trump no stop it you're going to Pornhub and you're searching for trump I, I don't. I don't believe it. 
I don't believe it. I'm sorry. South Carolina is grandma. No, no. I don't, maybe, I guess, maybe, I don't know. Maine is daddy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Michigan. No, no, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Uh, because I believe that, actually. I believe that that could possibly be a search on Pornhub. Iowa was yoga pants. Kentucky among us. <laughs> uh, Kansas was chubby. I don't know what a weight thing has to do with it, but okay. I mean, I actually do. It's just a joke as well as getting that there. Arkansas furry. Oh boy. Uh, Indiana goth. Ooh. Some of the other Georgia tickling. Okay. Massachusetts college. Okay. There's a few on here. I'm not saying some states that don't need to be recognized because even if they're wrong, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to hear it. Even on this podcast, Alabama was big booty. I know. And I don't like to be, you know, the censorship show. But I also know that, you know, so many of you have families and you're listening to the show and I, you know, I want to be able to joke around and listen with the kids. And, uh, you know, I know this, I didn't give you a big guy warning prior to this particular story. <laughs> so there are some on here that go farther than Colorado's tushy that I would say, you know, would make you want to answer questions or would not make you, your kids would want to ask you questions and you would not want to answer them. Uh, mommy, what is that? I know. I know you got to wait a few years to, before you explain what that is. <laughs> you know, like blank pie, something like that. Right? Like sloppy. Like face. Stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, by the way, you're welcome. I don't think we mentioned Carl Lentz either, the preacher man, right? From Hillsong Pentecostal Megachurch. World renowned Justin Bieber's preacher man. And he was, uh, you know, Mr. Superstar for the rich and famous as far as being uh, the superstar preacher man. And he was uh, fired because of moral failings. Ooh, that one hurts. So he's cheating on his wife. And, uh, I mean, so what that he was partying with, uh, you know, the stars around the, around the world. So what that he, you know had that little soft stance on the LGBTQ and abortions. Ah, so what did he, you know, accepted the black lives matter movement. So, uh, so what that he partied. So he was a preacher man and he, uh, he was it. He was the one that everybody went to, especially after the Biebs showed up. I mean, 
holy cow. I mean, he, he baptized Justin Bieber, right? And the story is that they did it in Tyson Chandler's bathtub because uh, the pool, he didn't have the pool and, you know, he, he detoxed with Justin and he just said that, uh, now it's, uh, it's over, right? Breaches of trust. Wow. I mean, do you realize the money this guy brought in? It's incredible. In Australia, back in 2014 alone, 80 million. 100 million internationally. I mean, he's, I mean, millions of dollars. And a lot of that tax free. So I don't know what's going on with him. I guess he's staying at uh, one of Justin and Haley's places. <laughs> but they have distanced themselves. According to reports, they do not follow him on Instagram anymore. And man, if you are not uh, being followed by the beebs of the wife, you're on the outs. And you, know, you don't have to tell me that. I mean, I was so upset when Justin stopped following me on Instagram. I, I thought, Justin, what are you doing? I mean, sure, moral failings. I got it. But it's me. And no response. Because, well, he stopped following me. So... Beebs, what you doing, babe?